Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Well, it's a return engagement for guys uh, that are that spent time in Edmonton but are currently working in other markets. In the first hour, we had Ken Reed on from uh, Sportsnet. Spent some time at CTV Edmonton back in the day. Uh, Guy Godowski was just on, head coach at Penn State. Of course, grew up playing hockey here. Guy's father, a longtime uh, teacher, I believe at Skona uh, Composite High School. And A.J. Ba- uh, Jakobic is an Edmonton area uh, product that's done two tours of duty uh, on the airwaves in Edmonton. He currently does the uh, Ottawa Renegades football team, so he's smarting a bit after last night's loss, but he's well-versed and hosts uh, Senators pre and post and also does uh, the 67s games as well. AJ, welcome back to the show. How you doing, man? I'm good. Did you just say Ottawa Renegades? (laughs) Are they the Red Blacks? Yes. (laughs) I'm just making Although, Although... After last night, that kind of reminded you of uh, in the last four weeks that maybe reminded too many people here. I, of, I, you uh, know what? I said, I said the Renegades twice, and I don't think I got text on it either time. And I've got like 400 texts in today's show. So, <laughs> uh, was Horn Chen the guy that owned the, the Renegades, or was that the Rough Rider? No, it was, it was uh, Bill Waters' son, Brad Waters, was. Uh, was a big part of that. He had a, a group from Toronto that owned the team, and then uh, when no one wanted to buy them. It was the Gleibermans that stepped up for round two. Horn Chen was was Rough Riders. Uh, Lonnie, Gleiber, Lonnie Gleiberman and Bernie Gleiberman. I mean, that was uh, that was Rough Riders and then Renegades. Uh, those were uh, interesting times to oh. say the least. Uh, they weren't very interesting on the field, but they certainly were interesting off it. All right, here you go. There was actually two references to Red Black, so people were uh, listening. We were we've been all over the map. It's a Friday. It's the summer. You get how this works. You just got off. Oh yeah. Uh, you just got off your show in Ottawa right now. Hey, just as an FYI, Rick Campbell and I. I like Rick Campbell. Take us through because uh, that press conference was uh, pretty interesting last night after the game. It backfired at the end of the day, didn't it? Yeah, I mean it was. Uh... I think Rick Campbell is one of the best coaches in football, and uh, I think you, you talk to players, you talk to coaches, uh, uh, you, you talk to people around the league, and, and he is universally respected as one of the best head coaches in the Canadian Football League. But uh, that was his worst uh, decision as a head coach uh, to uh, allow the safety. It didn't really make a lot of sense from a lot of different perspectives. Uh, they hadn't given up a touchdown all game. Make Nick Arbuckle beat you with a touchdown. To, to win it and if they go and score a touchdown so be it but especially when they've got the best punter in the league the best punt cover team in the league i mean they average 42 yards net per wow. kick so you if, if, if you get your 42 starting at the 48 okay 
let them go and score the touchdown like like they hadn't done all game. I, I understand partially what he was thinking in terms of just wanting them to drive more of the field, but they had they had driven the field all game long. They just hadn't scored touchdowns. So get them to do something that they hadn't done all game. Uh, he made a mistake. Uh, you know, I think he owned it partially last night. I think knowing Rick Campbell the way I do, I think he'll own it uh, probably even more next week when practice starts. But uh, bigger issues for this football team right now. They're 2-4. and four. They don't look very good on offense. And uh, the schedule doesn't get uh, any better with Montreal, who has looked surprisingly good, and then Edmonton both on the road in the next two weeks. We're joined by A.J. Jakovic uh, out of Ottawa. He does uh, broadcasts for the 67s, works on the Senators' broadcasts on TSN Radio in Ottawa, as well as uh, play-by-play of the Red Blacks. Uh, And it's interesting with Rick Campbell because there are times I've wondered, what would have happened if Rick Campbell had won the power, you know, the sort of internal power discussion that was going on with Danny Machocha? How much would have that have altered things potentially for the Eskimos organization? Machocha currently coaching the University of Montreal Caravan program, uh, which has won a national championship but lives in the shadow of uh, Laval. All right, switching focus, AJ. You're, you're, you're going to find this somewhat humorous. So today, one of the concepts in the show. Sub $4 million players, name a guy that you'd like to poach off another team. And guess what? Brendan Escott and myself both picked two guys from Ottawa. Brendan, because uh, he went after Thomas Shabbat because of how gifted offensively Shabbat is. Now, my theory is the Oilers with Bouchard and Broberg coming might have a bit of that. But in the here and now, my target was Jean-Gabriel Pajot. What sort of discussions are in that? I mean, we all know Shabbat's a, a long-term cornerstone piece of the sense. What about Pajot? What do you think's happening there? Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, when it comes to Jean-Gabriel Pajot, this, this is a player that, you know, look, I, I don't think he'd be untouchable. Uh, but, you know, I, I, this, this is a team that is very young. And you, you can see with the moves that DJ Smith helped orchestrate in bringing in uh, the veteran Toronto Maple Leafs here uh, with Nikita Zaitsev, Ron Hainsey, Tyler Ennis, and Connor Brown, that, that he wanted to set a foundation. And you, you need a culture where your young players are going to learn and be accountable and, and be a part of something that uh, is a winning culture. And I think that's a big reason why they brought those players in. You bring in Anisimov uh, as well. So th- this is a team that doesn't have hardly any players from the team that two years ago went to the Eastern Conference Final and lost in double overtime to the Penguins in, in Game 7. Uh, the only players uh, that, that played in that game that are still Ottawa Senators are Craig Anderson and goal. Uh, you've got uh, Mark Borowiecki on defense. You've got Bobby Ryan, and you've got John Gabriel Pajot, the only other player that played a playoff game and he only played one that year uh, out of Boston College, was, was Colin White. He had two regular season games, and he played one in, in the playoffs. So this, this is a very young team. They've got a lot of good young players, and, and you know I, I think uh, you know that it's very important that they have some veteran players that show them the ropes. And John Gabriel Pajot is one of those guys that is a terrific pro. He can play up and down your lineup if, if you need him to play in your top six. And, and, you know, he's not a top six forward, but if you need him to do that, uh, he can move up your lineup and play if you've got some injuries. And, and of course, he can be a very valuable player in your bottom six as well. So um, I, I would be surprised if, if a player like him was available. But 
I mean, you never know, right? It's still about the future. And so if they had an opportunity to get some good young assets back, would they make something, uh, a deal like that? I guess it's possible. But he is a local guy. Yeah. He's a popular member of the team. And, uh, you know, to to lose an, uh, another piece like that uh, from, from a core group that, again, went to the Eastern Conference Finals just two years ago, um, it would surprise me if they made that type of move. Well, they're going to play Anisimov at center. They're going to play Pajo at center, and Pajo's in the last year of his deal. Um, wh- who else do they sort of has as, as, as center off? Well, Chris Tierney? You, you, Chris Tierney, and you've got Colin White as well, who's an RFA and still has a sign. Uh, and, and, you know, to me, the biggest question mark going into the season is Logan Brown, because I, I think they believe that Logan Brown can be a, a top six centerman for them, um, a, a guy that they moved up. Uh, to, to draft a couple of years back, had an injury-plagued junior career. Last year was his first-year pro, and again, injuries kind of slowed him down in the first half of, this year, of the season. I know he was one of Belleville's best players in the second half of the season. They, they think very highly of him. He's a, a bigger center that has terrific vision and playmaking abilities and a, and a guy that, uh, you know, in terms of their center iceman, he, he has the highest upside so uh, i think a lot is going to depend on what happens with logan brown if if he's not ready then he'll end up back in belleville but if he is ready like he's not going to be a guy that comes in and plays on the third or fourth line if he is ready and is making this team he's going to be playing in the top six so if he is ready then all of a sudden you know what, what do you do with colin white does that mean does that mean he shifts to the wing i mean chris tierney uh, played a little bit in the wing and wasn't very effective in that role this year, you know, Anisimov is, is a center. And again, you've got Pajo as well. So um, I, I think everything depends on what we see from Logan Brown. I mean, you've got some other players like Josh Norris, but I wonder if he's a, a year away, especially after missing uh, the entire second half of the last year uh, with a shoulder injury after the World Juniors. So um, I, I would be surprised if he didn't start in Belleville. But uh, and then, yeah, you look at it, it's going to be a fascinating training camp just because. There's so many spots that are available for guys that are skilled players, whether you're an Alex Formanton or a Drake Batherson or a Rudolph Balsers. Uh, we'll see what Jonathan Davidson brings, uh, having come from Columbus. There's opportunity to come here and make the team. And, and the same speaks uh, for, for the defense with guys like Max Lajoie, Christian Willan, and, uh You've got Brandstrom. You, you've got... Uh, uh, you know, what happens with Christian Yaros? Does he take another step? So a lot of good young players, but it's going to lead to a lot of good competition at camp this fall. Were you surprised they took on Zaitsev's contract? Uh, it's a good question. I I, uh, I, I think, you know, for, from Cody CC's standpoint, they needed to make a change and they needed to, they needed to kind of give him a fresh start. He was kind of the whipping boy here in Ottawa the last few years. And, you know, it's, there's always a whipping boy in every market, as you know. And, you know, in, in Ottawa, it's kind of gone from, uh, you know, Wade Redden to Jason Spezza to Cody Cece for the most part. And, and Cece, you know, as a local guy, has kind of borne the brunt of that. So I, I think he was a guy that was playing too many minutes here. Uh, so they, they needed to give him a fresh start. Uh, Zaitsev. I, you know, it sounds like he needed a fresh start as well. I mean, I'm a little bit leery of that contract for sure, just in terms of four more years left on the deal. But uh, I, I think 
the fact that DJ Smith, you know, pushed to to bring him into the organization, I think is at least a good sign because he obviously believes in him. He believes that there's more to offer there uh, from Zaitsev. So, um, and, and I'm just I'm encouraged by what we've seen and heard from DJ Smith as well. Like one of the issues that I had in the last couple of years with Steve Boucher was just the excuses. And a lot of times you'd hear him before a back-to-back and he'd be talking about, oh, how difficult this is going to be with a back-to-back and all the injuries they had and this and that. And it's like, okay, well, you don't really sound like a guy that, that's going to be motivating his team to, to forget about excuses and go out and win. And, and to me, DJ Smith has been a bit of a breath of fresh air. I know it's early. He hasn't even coached a game in the league as a head coach, but uh, I saw his teams in junior. I know he played a big role. You talk to people in Windsor, and he played a big role with what happened there when they won back-to-back Memorial Cups as an associate coach to Bob Bugner. Uh, he he helped an Oshawa team that, you know, quite frankly, they, they weren't as good or as talented as teams like Erie and Sault Ste. Marie when they won the Memorial Cup back in 2015. You look back at that roster. And, they, weren't know, as, they, weren't as good there. they weren't as good as Kelowna either. No, that, no, it's it, they weren't. Um, you know, you got Sorelli and a couple of other decent players, but it's not a star-studded roster. Right. He got them to to play as a team and and to overachieve. So um, I like his track record. I like what I've heard from him so far. Um, you know, it's still going to be a struggle this year. Let's let's be honest. I mean, it's going to be a team. They set the over under at sixty-eight point five points, and I think that's right around where they'll finish. I like. I think the fact. He comes in, and some of these veterans come in. We'll give them a boost, but the reality also is they're, you know, without Mark Stone and Matt Duchesne for for an entire season, and and that is going to take its toll. So it's going to be probably a long year here, but I, I like what he's brought, and I think he can build a foundation of, of future success. And he does. Uh, Pierre Dorian's got a ton of picks moving forward as well after, you know, the way the whole Duchesne deal did not work out, just on Branstrom. How is Eric Branstrom, A.J. Jakovic, not on the team at the start of the year? To me, it's just, I mean, you gave up Mark Stone. I mean, you had to. And they, they did make offers on Stone, and there's extenuating circumstances why these guys keep leaving. But at the end of the day, are you telling me Eric Branstrom's not going to be on that defense to start the year? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm curious to see how Branstrom looks uh, with potentially a full season. And again, there's there's no guarantee he's going to make this team out of camp. It's possible that he could start the year in Belleville just because you you look at the defense and, you know, you brought in Zaitsev, you brought in Hainsey, uh, you, you've got Borvietsky, you've got Dylan DeMello, so there's four veterans right away. Obviously, Thomas Shabbat is going to be your number one defenseman. So that leaves... You know, four young defensemen. I think Max Lajoie, he looked really good in camp, had a great start to the regular season and kind of tailed off as the season progressed. So it wouldn't surprise me if Lajoie started the year in Belleville once again. Um, so, I, you know, I think Christian Yaros is a guy that is ready to take a step on that blue line. And I really like his game as, you know, kind of a, a number five type defenseman. Uh, so that leaves Christian Willannon and, and, and also Branstrom. And, and you know, I, I wonder if there's room for both of these guys at the start of the season, because if there are, then that means you're keeping eight defensemen. And do you want two guys sitting out every night? And, you know, who those guys going to be? If, if, you know, if it's veteran players, like a combination of Hainsey, Borvietsky, and DeMello, then you say, okay, well, that, that's fine. But you want young guys playing. You don't want to see Willannon or Branstrom in the press box every second night. So, uh, uh, to me, 
curious to see how that's going to play out. Uh, obviously, Brandstrom's a, a terrific skater with a great first pass. They, they've got some guys that, you know, look like they're going to be very good, you know, pass-first NHL-type defensemen when you look at uh, Thomas Shabbat and, and Brandstrom and and Willannon, and, and then you look at, uh, you know, a couple of the other guys they got coming up. They just drafted Lassie Thompson out of Cologne in the WHL. He's going to play in Finland this year. You've got uh, two players going to Canada's World Junior Camp that are both at the University of North Dakota, and Johnny Tyconic and, and Jacob Bernard Docker. So you've got a plethora of good young defensemen in the organization. I think part of the reason they brought in Ron Hainsey is just the work that he did mentoring some of the young defensemen in Toronto, and D.J. Smith witnessed that firsthand. So, uh, you know, I think that that's going to be a big role for him uh, to work with some of these young defensemen here in Ottawa, and uh, we'll see uh, what Brandstrom has. Certainly, that was the key to the uh, to the Mark Stone trade. I, you know, I think speaking of you know coaches or managers that wanted a take back, uh, you know, I, I think Pierre Dorian would like a take back in terms of his comment after the trade, and even admitted as much where he said, you know, it was his proudest day as general manager when they had just traded Mark Stone. That went over like a lead balloon here in Ottawa, but. Uh, in the end, you know, he was proud of the fact that they got a very good prospect, a prize prospect in Brandstrom. And, uh, you know, I, I'm certainly curious to see what he can do uh, over the course of a full season. All right. AJ, great stuff. Thanks for your time. Uh, we'll touch base down the road, okay? Awesome. Always a pleasure, Bob. Take care. See ya. That is AJ Jakobek. It's 151 in Edmonton. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. When we return, we'll get to list day in order's history. Uh, it's a little bit light, uh, and then wrap up Friday's edition of Oilers Now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. Just a reminder that uh, tonight, midnight, that's it for the Oilers Power Packs. You can still jump in, get involved in the Battle of Alberta Packs on sale at EvansOilers.com. But buy only until midnight tonight. The Battle of Alberta Power Pack starts at $349 per seat. To this day in Oilers history, here's Brendan Escott. Back in 1979, Bob, Peter Sarno was born. He played only seven NHL games, six of them with the Oilers in the 03-04 season. He scored one goal. He was, at times, a point-per-game player in the American League, and he did have back-to-back seasons of 120-plus points in the OHL. It just never really translated to the big leagues. His career fizzled 
hustling out overseas. They had a bunch of, you know, Sarno was an OHL guy. Uh, Ralph Intranuvo was an OHL guy. Swanson played at uh, Colorado College, Brian Swanson. Uh, they had a bunch of smaller centermen, uh, farts in the windstorm. That's what they were. Uh, I remember myself and a colleague of uh, mine uh, used to refer to uh, uh, those type of players that just never, and at that time, was a heavier game, much more skilled game today in the NHL. All right, well, this wraps up the Friday edition of uh, Oilers Now. Reed Wilkins has Inside Sports Night 6 to 8. Featuring Blake Dermott, our Eskimos Inside the Game analyst, NASCAR Pinty Series driver Alex Tagliani, golfers Will Bateman and AJ Armstrong, who are playing in the uh, 1932 by Bateman Open. There we go. Coming up right around the corner. All right. Uh, Bateman family long involved in women's hockey uh, in this province as well. Uh, reminder uh, Monday, we'll recap. The weekend news and notes. Are, are you going to go see uh, Once a Time in Hollywood? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood this weekend? That's out? You should, Might be a Sunday thing. You should you should go see that. If I was not having to go to like kids' movies on Sunday, that's what I'd be. Uh, a new Tarantino movie that's out with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. I might want to go see that about uh, uh, the Manson uh, uh, perspective back in the day. Uh, we will have the stupidest thing I saw in sports this weekend on Monday's show. It's fluid at this stage. Up next, a news weather traffic update with Kerry McCarthy, followed by the 6.30 chat afternoon news with Jalen and I. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad.